Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and welcome to the Ascending Word. I don't know if I dragged that one out long or or not. Did you remember. what? Didn't drag it out? Dra- long drag it out. Yeah. Wasn't drug drugged drug out? Drug it out. <laughs> um. So, Russ. Yes. Um, I haven't updated you on this because this is very a, a very inconsequential, insignificant part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um. But I found out that my Apple Watch unlocks my Mac. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I can just literally walk up to it and it's like... Wait, really? Yeah. You don't even have to do anything. It no, just yeah. like senses it somehow. Yeah, it just senses my watch and it's like... No. Oh, the oh, the master of the computers wants his, wants his computer opened. Wow. Because my computer's British. That's kind of well. That yeah, that's that's cool actually. But that that concept is kind of creepy actually. Well, yeah, Dang, well, that our technology can. Well, yeah, technology is just bad. It it's all magic to me, dude. It's you know, magic. Have I ever given you my theory on magic? And I'm pretty sure I've lifted this from somebody else. Uh, you've probably told me before, but I forget that magic is unexplained science, and the reverse yeah. of that is science is explained magic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Because I can't Therefore, understand that, science, so I just exactly, consider it that's explained why, magic. That's why it is magic to me, because I do not understand. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll fully admit that. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen of the ascending word, we must make a confession to you today. Russell J. Allen is tired. If he falls asleep, we're going to have to do the Wiggles thing. <laughs> One, two, three, wake up, Jeff! Oh, oh, what? <laughs> <sighs> okay, Russ, we're officially idiots. Sorry, I dozed off there <laughs> for a second. <laughs> All right, so now that we've brought the wiggles into this. Uh, How did that Russ, happen? What did I miss while we were while I I was asleep? It's, it's a shame. I feel really embarrassed that I brought the wiggles into this. Um, at least it wasn't Teletubbies. All right, Russ. The fact that you would even say that, dude. I know. Anyways. Anyway, Ready? Ready yeah. for the question? Yep. I got a question. What does worship mean? Hmm. What does worship mean? Yeah, exactly. That cadence. <laughs> <laughs> what does worship mean? What does worship mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, let's think technology. of it like aliens coming down. Oh, what do you mean you worship these things? Mm. I don't know why they're British or whatever. All of your things are British, dude. At least I'm not doing Some the Jamaican bobsled fetish. team. Whatever. Anyways. Hey, Sanka. Uh, what does worship mean? Yeah, what does worship mean? Well, worship is, you know, worship is kind of one of those words that's hard to define. Yeah. Because it's really just sort of something that you do. Yeah. Uh, if I had if I had to define it, I would I would say it's something it's when you direct praise and adoration to something. Okay. Um something that you show value towards, something that you value. Um but I I think that oftentimes as Christians, when we think of worship, we think of praising Jesus through the songs that we sing. Lord, I lift your name on high. <laughs> exactly. Lord, I love the thing you're praising. <laughs> yeah. Lord, I lift your name on high. Oh, Keep sorry, going. Tim Hawkins. Uh, I don't know that. I don't know that one. Chevy, I love. To, I don't know. It's Tim Hawkins. Tim Hawkins. Shout out to my boy. We like Tim Hawkins. I'm actually seeing him this oh, weekend. Oh, you stink. Uh, yeah. But no, Sorry. you bring up a good point. Like, okay, so your definitions of, of worship, praise and adoration, things mm-hmm. that you give value to, let's let's break those down. Like, how do you praise something? How do you attribute value to something? Mm-hmm. What, uh, you know, if these are the things that make up worship, how do we define those things in relation to God? How do we translate these things into worship? Mm. Okay. Um, so if we value something like, um, let's use me, let's use me for an example. I value film equipment mm-hmm. and food. Mm-hmm. I, those are two things that I value and coffee apparently. Cause I went to go get a cup of coffee before this podcast. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> so those are things that I value. So I take time out of my day to go get them, mm-hmm. okay, uh, or to purchase them or, you know, things like that. Um, with film equipment, I look at it. I'm like, oh, man, I really wish I could have this piece of film gear. And then, you know, spend all my time thinking about that. So mm. how can we translate this to God? Mm. You know, I don't know if I'm really necessarily worshiping coffee, food and could be film equipment. I don't think I am. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's probably I'm probably swimming in denial right now. Good one. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. So yeah, let's, let's, let's break that down. Yeah. So um, there, there's a lot actually to yeah. go along with that. Here is probably the key to worship, and I'm trying to think of where to start. Um, I'll just I'll just go straight for it. Whatever you worship, you sacrifice for. Mm, okay. So, and that just goes along with again, if you adore something, if you value something that much, you are going to sacrifice. For it, okay, and so um, that's how you can tell maybe if you are worshiping something is that like you're willing to how, how much you're willing to give up for it. What are you willing to to sacrifice? Yeah, for to get it. Yeah, uh, when we translate that to God, I mean, we need to be living sacrifices to God. That's what the Bible says. So everything we do, we should be able to. We should be willing to give up everything for God because. That's how valuable he is. And so uh, the extent to which we sacrifice correlates to um, the uh, worthiness that an item is to be worshipped. Yeah. Um, And so God, being God, is worthy of that. He's worthy of our lives and for us to be living sacrifices to him. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. So... How does this translate to us singing songs? Mm. You know, because yeah, we yeah. enter houses of worship. We right. sing songs as songs of praise. We sing right. songs of adoration. We sing worship songs. We there's a whole genre of Christian mm-hmm. music. Why? I mean, like, why? What? What? What does yeah. that do? Like, we're just singing songs. Yeah. How is that a sacrifice? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I think that um, again, when we t- when we think about worship, we're worshiping through song. Right. Okay. Like song um, allows us is one way that we can worship, uh, but you can worship in every you can worship in everything that you do. That's what I mean when I say a living sacrifice too. Yeah. Um, but but song, I think it it has a way of reaching to our emotions um, and getting our and invoking our emotions to to God. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of softening our hearts um, in, I believe it's, is it John? Um, the woman at the well. And gee, that's, I would encourage everyone to to look up that, that passage uh, about John four, the woman at the well. Is it John four? I think so. Do a quick fact check. Um, but the woman at the well is all about worship. So what, what do you worship? Uh, yeah, it's John four. John four, good call. Um, but near the end, Jesus has a. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not really looking at anything right now. N- near the end of the passage, uh, the woman asks Jesus. She says, um, basically, where's the correct place to worship? You know, she's a Samaritan. The Samaritans worshipped at one location. Um, the Jewish pe- the Jewish people worshipped at another location. And Jesus basically tells her, uh, it's not about where you worship, but it's about how you worship. And he says that uh, one day the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about worship, we have to, to understand uh, that there are the two elements to it. So it's about um, your, it is about your emotions, but it's also about the the intellect too the knowledge the truth that goes along with it yeah so uh just because you are passionate about something doesn't validate that passion or doesn't make that 
a right. good passion. Because right? that can burn out. Exactly. Exactly. So we have to we have to have both. So when we're thinking about like worshiping through song, that really invokes your emotions. But you also have to think about what exactly are you saying? What exactly right. are you worshiping? What yeah. is the truth that you are affirming? Right. Right. Uh, because otherwise, it's just misplaced emotion. It just does. It's not really directed at anything tangible and real. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with any other type of worship. So if you, um, you can, for example, you can eat food with an attitude of worship. Right. Okay. So you could. So when you eat food, what's the purpose of your of your eating food? You know, are you are you thinking about uh, the are you thinking about what the food is for? Are you thankful to God for the food? Yeah. Or are you like me and just eat it because pizza tastes delicious? Just (laughs) that's actually how Alex sounds when he eats. No, that's actually how Jay sounds when he eats. Our buddy Jay that we reference all the time who doesn't listen to our podcast <laughs> because he has zero social media. <laughs> we love Jay. Yeah. Um, but no, let's 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 bring it back. Okay, so you've mentioned a couple mm-hmm. of things. You, you've mentioned how we can worship through food. We can, you know, you didn't mention this, but we can worship through our money, our tithe. And that's mm-hmm. a totally different thing. Let's sure. leave that for another thing. And you, you've really delved de- deep into, into a couple of topics. But let's bring it back to songs. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the emotions of songs and how that can move us to these places of worship mm. because they're not insignificant. They're not just vessels that move us into worship. They are worship, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they, they are the vessels that move us into worship, but they are also worship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, you know, you've made, you've made a good point that, um, that it's really about the heart, not about the song, mm-hmm. but there's something that happens in a song or else David wouldn't have written exactly. the whole book of Psalms, exactly. which is songs. So, you know, let's let's think about it today. If we think about music that we listen to in, in the car today, we feel emotion at it. So I was listening to country music this morning. Um, and specifically, okay, I, I love the song Troubadour by George Strait. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes me feel emotions in my heart about this, you know, being a young artist and well, except he's old and he's talking about whatever, but you know, and feeling like you're, you're striving for something and you're looking at the nostalgic things in, for, in life. And it, it just makes me feel these emotions about being at that troubadour doing all these things, you know, how can worship do that same thing? I mean, it's, it's still songs. It's still these things that drive us deep. Um, but it's, it's these things that once we experience God in a way, we can really see these different sides of God. And once we see these different sides of God, we can worship worship in spirit and truth because we truly know the God that created us. Mm -hmm. And so that's still in keeping with this worshiping at a place or thing that Jesus was talking about with the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. It's not so much the place, it's worshiping in spirit and the truth. And how do you worship in spirit and truth? You have to be able to be in a place to know God. Right. And that's what Jesus was talking about because the only way that they knew salvation was through the Jews and it was through a place. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was no other relationship with, there was no relationship with God. You can't have that. You can't worship a God. You can't have a relationship with. Mm. What do you think about that? That's deep, dude. Yeah. Yeah. All through songs. All, so, all yeah. through songs. Yeah. I mean, it's just all through songs. I mean, you get that feeling all through these songs of the relational yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's different layers of all this, and I'm not like a worship leader in any mean. So With that voice you have, man. I'm a young tribunal. Sorry. Yeah, probably. Sorry, George Strait. Probably a good thing you're not. Sorry, a- King George. <laughs> that actually works, probably. Hmm. King George. King George. Hmm. Well, there's a few yeah. King Georges in my mind. George Jones, George Strait. <laughs> um, Cephas. Anyways, going back to the topic. Uh, yeah, wrap us wrap us up, Russ. I, I just yeah, I just want to. Um, I, I think the key takeaway again is to expand our definition of worship, um, and to really make it about your heart and about not just the song, like you said, not just the song. The song is a an avenue it's a tool it's a gift that god has given us mm-hmm. that a lot that invokes worship in us um but you can worship god through through other things you know 
Um, and and even in other songs, like you yeah. can be worship, you can worship God in other songs that are speaking truth. Like if you affirm that truth, yeah, that the that people in the song are singing or whatever, whatever the verse is or the um, the chorus or whatever, um, even if it's not an explicitly Christian song, right? If it yeah. is, a, if it is speaking something that is true, you can affirm that truth. And I think that that is one way to worship God is just by. Um, recognizing truth and recognizing that God is the giver of truth. Yeah. And, um, I'm trying to think if I've had moments like that. I can't think of one. Yeah. Um, you could probably think of some eventually, but, uh, but yeah, it's really, it's really about your heart and it's, um, yeah, it's, there's, again, there's a lot of, a lot of ways that you can worship and there are also a lot of things that you can worship that sometimes take the place of God too. And that's a whole other topic yeah. let's, that we're let's not, not going to go into. into. Yeah. But um, yeah, just I just encourage everyone to, throughout your day, think about, you know, how much do you think about God? Are you worshiping him uh, with your with your life and the way that you live? Yeah. I, I want to I kind of wrap it all together with the, a, a thing from Keith Green. And you know, I, you know how much I love Keith Green. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners that don't, really know much about Keith Green. He was a worship leader in the seventies and eighties. Fantastic dude. Look him up, look up his life story. I'm not gonna tell it here, but he had this song called make my life a prayer to you. Mm. And it was all about changing all of the parts of him into this constant state of speaking and worshiping and praising and valuing God. And it's one of these things that's kind of stuck mm-hmm. out to me. And, you know, he has so, so many great worship songs like, Oh Lord, you're beautiful. And that's it. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's attributing value to Lord and to the Lord that, and that he's beautiful. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> wrapping that up with kind of some of those thoughts on worship and worship songs. Um, and it's really kind of a nebulous kind of thing. That's one why I kind of wanted to ask the question today. Mm-hmm. But it's good stuff. Um, speaking of other ways to worship. Exactly. I was thinking the same exact thing, dude. Yeah. Great transition, man. It's a great transition. Mm-hmm. We've got this one. Uh, our boy, Austin Martz, has written, wrote, wrote, he wrote, has written, has written. Yeah, He's written, yeah. I have a degree right. of higher learning. <laughs> He's written um, a good poem. I was going to say a good piece. But it's more than just a piece. It's a poem. He's yes. written a poem called A Lesson from Irma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a long poem, but it's it's a really great thing. We were hoping to get him on today, uh, but it just didn't work out. His schedule didn't line up with our schedule. and But it's okay. We'll get him on next time because he's got some really great stuff, and I'm looking forward to more of what he's writing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Honestly, Russ, in you know, early days of uh, adding contributors to this, to the Ascending Thoughts, this is kind of the sum of the stuff that you and I talked about, mm-hmm. you know, more you. And we just kind of talked about it. I just remember us talking about it. Yeah. That's really where I'm going with this. <laughs> I mean, it's just like seeing the creative stuff like this. And exactly. You and I have talked about like, you know, writing more narrative pieces, not together, mm-hmm. but just like, you know, mm-hmm. writing them in general. But creativity, it's creativity. different ways of communicating a thing. And this is this is one of those. Uh, so, Russ, in lieu of Austin being on air with us. Uh, do you want to take a shot at really kind of describing what he's got here? I will. Uh, and I'm actually glad that you said what you did there. Uh, cause that's something that I wanted to also say before I even start into the piece. We're on the same page. Today. We are on the same page, man. Uh, man, like for the people that don't know Austin, I'm assuming most people that listen to this don't know Austin. Uh, Austin is a professional soccer player. He's uh he's an athlete, cool guy, very cool guy. And he wrote poetry. About like how cool is that? Yeah, how weird, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and I say that jokingly because I think it's awesome. Yeah, I really do. Like I, I think that the church needs more um, creative thinkers, especially young dudes, young guys who are who are willing to um, think creatively and uh, passionately about God. And, and write about it, you know, and express yeah. it in, in these like different ways. Uh, and I just think about like people that have had such an impact on like C.S. Lewis, the way that he wrote, who's writing like that? You know, where, where has the creativity gone with, 
right with, with Christian writing and with with young, especially young people coming up. Yeah, um, we're all just so content to like, you know, write these exegeses on yeah. topics or these eight hundred word blog posts. Not to knock them. I'm not knocking mm-hmm. any of this. This, oh, is, this is great stuff. Sure. Because I mean, you know, we write it here here too. We have a lot of contributors that write this stuff too, but. How much more are we lacking? You know, mm-hmm. who's written something like screw tape letters? Mm-hmm. You know, who's doing that? Who's yeah. doing that deep work that shows truths in a way that we couldn't think of it before? Exactly. And I, I would rather someone be creative and it turn out bad, you know, and just take a step out there and just try something just to try it. Absolutely. And it, that's how that's how you grow and that's how you learn. Yeah. You know, that's going to get me on my soapbox though. Um, because there's so much built into like this, the system. Mm-hmm. And I hate to use the word, the system, but like specifically like the educational system that values success and standardization over these risk taking moves of making bad poetry, you know, mm-hmm. well, why don't we, why don't we strive to let our kids make bad poetry and write bad narratives and write, make bad short documentaries or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Make bad stuff so they can learn how to make bad stuff and learn why it's bad and make awesome stuff. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And even bad stuff can get you thinking of how to make it better or thinking about the content. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway. Luckily for Austin, he didn't write a bad piece. It was actually, a, bad, <laughs> it's actually yep. a really good poetry. Right. Yeah. We spent like 30 minutes just talking about bad poetry. No, the, I mean, the point was to take, to to take risks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Austin took yeah. a risk and he hit a home run with it. Yeah. He's like the Aaron Judge so, of poetry. Yeah. Not everyone can do this, but uh, <laughs> he did a good job and we published it on our site. Yeah. Um, and we hope he writes more. Yeah. Um, but anyways, to get to the actual substance of the piece... Um, it was really timely too. Talking about uh, a lesson from Hurricane Irma, obviously, uh, you know, really destructive hurricane did a lot of damage. But uh, Austin just makes the point of looking at the destruction that the hurricane caused, and even you know, massive buildings with foundations and uh, just blown away. You know, just just ruined. But things that didn't get blown away, things that withstood the hurricane were palm trees. Yeah. And it's not something that you typically think about, but uh, he makes the analogy that that's, that should be us. That should be in, uh, what the Christian life looks like, is like a palm tree. And so when the storm comes, when uh, things get really bad, we should we should be able to hold our ground. We should be able to bend and go with the, you know, um, be able to take the, the hardship and persevere. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, it's like the, it's like the comparison that we should build our house on solid ground yeah. on the rock, mm-hmm. you know, and not the sand where it's just going to blow away or, you know, we should plant our roots deep by the water so we can be nourished. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's so many analogies in the Bible about this. And I'm really glad that he pointed this out. Um, you know, a couple of my favorite parts of this is bending, not breaking. It weathers the storm beyond belief. It is not this. Is it not? Sorry, I can't read guys. Is it not the same for a man's faith instead of merely hoping for relief? Mm, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's good stuff, dude. Yeah, I know. Uh I don't know. I want to read a little bit more. Uh, See, man's heart is too deceitful. Our roots are too shallow. Yet grace defines us as a saint called to a holy standard, one that is hollow. Yeah. Yo, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. This is great, dude. Yeah. This is, we need to get him to write more stuff for us. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a poem once. Did you really? It wasn't nearly this good. How old were you? No. So everyone has. <laughs> oh yeah, me too, man. Like, no, this was like a few the years ago. This was time, on man. this was on my old blog. Oh, okay. The one that I'd need to write for about history things. <laughs> the one that was like both theologically and spiritually driven, and then from like some random yeah. history thrown. <laughs> yeah, I wrote one on there. It was not nearly as good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I haven't read it. Maybe it is. Yeah. But, well, I mean, it's um, okay. You can assume. <laughs> um. But yeah, honestly, like I feel like 
the more I talk about this, the more I'm just going to botch it because you really just need to read the actual poem. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like it really is that good that you, it just, it's just the way it's worded is just really, it's just really well worded um, and meaningful. Uh, the parts that you read were actually the ones that stood out to me too. <laughs> Man, we're on the same page, um, dude. Yeah. Especially the part about, Man's heart is too deceitful, our roots are too shallow. The one you just read, yeah, grace defines as a saint, called to be a, called to a holy standard, one that is hallow. Um, just the idea of of holiness. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I think that the point there is that holiness, it, it, it roots us, you yeah. know? Um, it grounds us. And so we should pursue that. And we, we should maybe get our minds to a place where we recognize that as we pursue holiness, we are, we are um, extending our roots into the ground. Yeah. And like really think about that. You know, like we, we are preparing as we, as we pursue holiness, we are preparing for trials. Right. Like it's like this like – like it, it just gets me excited as a, you know, as a guy, I, lo- I love like, you know, um, sports and like mm-hmm. preparing for sports or like even the idea of like, I love like war movies and like the yeah. whole idea of like pre- gearing up, yeah. you know, preparing for war Getting and like ready for action. <laughs> but bro, like, honestly, yeah. that's kind of what the Christian life is. No. Yeah. And the whole thing for me is, says something very poignant about the tree. Mm-hmm. The tree wouldn't would would have been blown away if it were not prepared to withstand the storm. Mm-hmm. And how many times do we as Christians n- never in, in expect to encounter a storm? We just think once life we become a Christian, everything's going to be hunky dory, everything's going to be easy, everything's going to be perfect. We're sanctified, saved, and off to heaven. Everything's mm-hmm. great. Nope. But we don't think about these times when we need to be rooted in a place that we can bend and not break. And I love the for the phrase bend and don't break. You know, we use it and we hear it all the time in football. You know, you have a defense that bends but doesn't break. You know, you can't expect that an offense isn't in football isn't going to come for you, mm-hmm. okay? That they're going to come knocking on your door trying to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Okay? But when they do, you have to be able to withstand that onslaught mm-hmm. and bend but don't break and you know in this case it means give yeah. up a don't give up a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. this the same tree is doing the same thing against the storm. It's there to leave its mark, to stand firm, and to carry on and drop drop the seeds from its tree to make more baby trees, mm-hmm. and keep continuing being a tree. Mm-hmm. It's that's its purpose to stand, bend, to don't break, and survive. Yeah, and it was built for the times that it was put in. Yeah, how much more encouraging can it can something be? You know, we, we learn these lessons from nature, okay, about the the nature or about, about the trials that we're going to face or about the things that we're going to face or the things that would be reflected from nature into us. Mm-hmm. You know, perfect example of the resilience that we can have through Christ. If God cares so much for the tree to root it firmly in the ground, how much more does he care about us? Exactly. Who he sent his son to save, mm-hmm. you know? Amen, man. Sorry, I got I whew. Preach. Preach in there, man. <laughs> Ha! <laughs> Start hacking on you, bro. <laughs> Yo. Yo, that was good, man. That was good. And uh, I like, to the way that he talks about, yeah, the palm tree is is tough. It's rooted. It's rough. But it's also yeah. really beautiful. And it yeah. bears good fruit. Oh, you delicious. Know? Yes. And, Wait, uh, does, does it, is it pine, pineapple? Hmm? Does it bear pine, pineapple? I don't know what it bears. I don't know. I'm not a leafyologist. Some, something good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whatever it is, it's delicious. Yeah, probably. But uh, but yeah, it's and I, I think that that's us too. You know. Yeah. Um, that yeah, we have to be we have to be grounded. We have to be strong. But there's beauty in that in that strength too, and um, I think that. Again, the fruits of our holiness, the things that, you know, the spirit um, allows us to do are are good and are um, 
and other people are enticed to that. They want that. Yeah. You know, they want something that's steady Mm -hmm. and firm and rooted. Mm -hmm. Mm, Good stuff. Dude, we could go on for days talking about this and praising old old Austin for this. Yeah. Just go read Uh, it, everybody. Go go read it. It's incredible. I'm going to be sharing it later. Not that people are hooked to my social media feed. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to be sharing it later so other people can enjoy. Because I, I really think it's worth a while to read. Now, uh, here on this podcast, we like talking about addictions. Mm. Over the last few podcasts, we've talked about addictions to technology. Mm-hmm. And I really think there's only thing addiction-wise we've talked about. No, we've talked about addiction to food at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. In one of our seminal episodes. Mm-hmm. Was that on the, was that a video episode? That was a video episode. Dang. We've not done one since maybe we'll, episode two or three. Maybe we'll pop out a video at some point here. <laughs> yeah. We just, we, we like to, you know. Keep you guessing. Keep you guessing. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Sur- some ideas in, in, in the works. Anyway. Uh, so this week on our must read article of the week from the web. We're going to talk more about addiction. Uh, So this week, it's uh, why you shouldn't be addicted to what's next in life. Mm. Okay, so last week, we talked about uh, being addicted to your technology, which that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Um, You know, I even started off with this podcast with talking about my watch opening up my Macintosh computer, Mm -hmm. my pewter, and that did the thing. So that was cool. But I don't know where I was going with that. I just mentioned it as technology but anyway so like this is okay so let's talk about this for a second russ um so how many people in our generation as millennials are addicted to what's next Mm -hmm. they're not content to stay in one place to be in a season to be rooted Mm -hmm. yeah it's a key word there yeah we've talked about rootedness here too apparently we're like segueing stuff not even trying we're not even trying we're like we're like the lebron james of segueing stuff Except yeah. we can't finish it out in the end and win championship. Oh, whatever. In my mind, he's never won a championship. <laughs> he's always 2009 LeBron He's not to me. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Oh, sh- he's not even Kobe. That was, sorry, that was a bold statement. <laughs> he's not even Kobe. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're addicted to like what's next. So we're addicted to travel. We're addicted to going new places. Russ, you and I and a couple of our friends, we're thinking about going – planning to go overseas next summer. Okay. You know, I've talked to my friends about going to overseas and I've been overseas a couple of times. You know, th- these are things that we live for. We, we uh, value this. We value this highly. We take day trips, places want to see new things. And I know this is especially true for me. I like to go and do things and be interested in that. And you and I, in this season, we feel, I'm speaking to you for you a little bit. You can clarify for me a little bit later, but it's kind of a transitional f- period it mm-hmm. feels like and i don't know and we can work this out here why not uh you know it feels like a transitional period because i think society wants it to feel transitional mm. more so than seasonal mm. so let's talk about it. well said let's talk about this a little bit actually i just went off the title and we didn't even talk about the article um <laughs> Well, I didn't read it yet, so you're going to have to explain it to me. Oh, okay. I can do that. Well, okay. So basically he's talking about, um, you know, always thinking of the next thing, you know, thinking of the future, thinking of the next place you're going to get, you're going to be, um, you know, kind of that general thing. Well, well, when I get this degree, well, then I'll get this job. And then when I get that job, I can get this house. And then when I get that house, I can have this many kids and, mm-hmm. or get a wife and then have that many kids, whatever. And you're, mm-hmm. you're thinking along these lines of, of what's the next step? What's the next step going to be? Uh, you know, and you keep thinking that next step is going to be the thing that satisfies you. Right. So what happens when you enter into this world of always living for the next step? You know, um, before I go any further, before, you know, we kind of carry this on. One thing that I wanted to point out, um, uh, I read an article so, so long ago. I wish I could find where it was, but it talked about what Tolkien J.R.R. Tolkien, the guy that wrote Lord of the Rings, if you didn't know by listening to our podcast already that Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings, since we reference him every week. Anyway. Uh, we do actually reference he, him every week. We do. We really do. Um, he, 
he wrote these grand adventure stories about going out from your house and going on an adventure. But he was never one that liked to venture very far from his own home. Hmm. So, and this, it kind of dealt with these same issues of people feeling like this wonderlust and feeling like that is going to validate them, that seeing everything is going to be the way to validate their existence. But take it from a man that fought in World War One and decided, you know what, I'd rather write about adventures than go on and have them. You know, what does that say about his value set? What does that say about maybe where we're misplacing something with our own lives? You know, how are we missing out on something because we're always focused on the next thing? And what is that thing that we're missing out on? Got a couple, those are a couple of questions for you. Chew on there, Russ. Shoot, dude. Um, or what are you thinking? Don't know that. It, yeah. <laughs> don't know that I have answers for those. Those are pretty deep. Uh, sort of existential questions. Um, mm, that's my thing lately. Existentialism. Uh, JK. <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah. The, 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 the thing that I want to focus on here especially is the idea of contentment. Okay. Because I feel like that's, again, just having you explain it and just kind of skimming over the article. I feel like that that's really the, the centerpiece is... Uh, we, we are, um, so addicted to what's next in our future and what's going to happen, uh, because we're looking for things to satisfy us because we're not truly satisfied with where we are. Yeah. If we were satisfied, we would be content. Yeah. And the Bible tells us to be content in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so the question is then like, what what is contentment because there are there are things that we want to have happen you know like we all have desires and uh is it wrong to have these desires you know is it wrong to want to go get married is it wrong to want to you know whatever how do we know when we cross the line right how do we know when we cross the line and you know and i would think this this is just my my brain thinking about this I don't think it's that we're afraid that we don't want those things. It's that we make those things the thing that we need to have in order for us to be, be validated and justified in our existence. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when we make those things the thing, we move all the things in our lives toward that thing in order to get that. Mm -hmm. And so when we get it, what do we get? Exactly. It's not as nearly as good as what we wanted it to be. The relationship is not nearly as. Uh, amorous or whatever loving and doting and all of these things. It's not any of those things as much as that we'd want it to be. The car is never as nice as it want as, as you want it to be. The um, computer that you want, you've la you longed for your whole life. It's not nearly as nice. Mm -hmm. The job is not nearly as fulfilling. Mm -hmm. You know, none of these things it's grass is always greener, mm -hmm. but God wants us to be content because when we're content, we're able to see things in their proper place. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're able to see things with their proper value. Right. Instead of an inflated value that when we get the thing, we realize it's cheap. It's cheapened by our. Exactly. Our imaginations. Yeah. The thing that I always say when I, when we think about contentment is contentment does not reject desire, but refines it. So contentment does not reject desire. It doesn't say that you can't desire something. Right. But it refines that desire in you. Yeah. And the way that that sort of plays out in our lives, just like you said, uh, is when you start to pursue these things in an ungodly way, then you know that you're not content with, with where you are. You know, if you start to step outside the boundaries that God has placed on on things, then you can be sure that you're not content in it. Yeah. You know, you, you can be sure that you're not content um, with your current circumstances. So, for example, uh, if you so desire marriage that you are willing to date someone that uh, <laughs> is, you know, maybe not even a Christian or is or you know is not living up to the to um 
it's not I, let's just say he's not pursuing God in the way that they should be, you know. Yeah. You know that you're not content because you're going outside of God's will for you in that matter, you know. Um, and you can, I'm sure, draw a translation for many other things too. But that's just one that that strikes me is like, uh, and and I, something that I have struggled with too because you know I I want to get married, you know I yeah. I desire certain things, um, and. I can tell when it starts to, when it starts to be the focus, too much the focus in my life, because I'll, I'll start to do things or think things uh, about that that I shouldn't, you know. Yeah. I start to uh, step outside of the boundaries that God has for me. Yeah, I always think of that like as the the Eli Manning plays where he tries to force a touchdown and ends up throwing an interception. Mm-hmm. Good, perfect analogy. I, that's always what I think of. Like yeah. when you get into a desperate situation where you, where your goal is a touchdown, or your goal is, let's just put it in football. When your goal is a touchdown, you're going to force an interception mm-hmm. because you're trying to force force that thing to happen. So if your goal is a relationship, you're and you're trying to get there, and you're get, getting mm-hmm. trying to get married, you're going to end up in a failed relationship exactly. more often than not because yeah. you're forcing something to be there that's not there. Exactly. Exactly. And let's say even if it is, you know, even if it does work out, the relationship or whatever, uh, other things in your life would are going to be suffering. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're just pursuing marriage or – we keep going back to that because I think it's probably yeah. the easiest. Or a job. Why not a job? A job, sure. Let's, let's flip it to a job. So if you're constantly pursuing a job, what cost is there? Exactly. You know, it yeah. could be – To you, what expense do, yeah. you, do you pursue it? Yeah. Um, and I think that that goes along with, again, going outside of the boundaries because if you are pursuing a job at the expense of loved ones, yeah. at the expense of your family, of your friends, you know, uh, if you're working long hours to try to get a job or to try to, you know, increase your whatever resume um, that you're not spending time with people, you're probably not content with where you are. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I, I struggled with that probably about, about a year ago. I wasn't content with where I was. I thought that this was just a transition stepping stone into something else. And then God had to take some stuff away from me for me to understand contentment in the season is what's going to get you through the season. Mm. And he kind of had to work through me in a lot of ways for about a year and say, look, this is a season where you need to be you need to be content in the season. Stay abide in me. And understand that I've got you. Now, I, I want to make I want to make an emphasis. There there are a lot of things in our lives that are seasonal, and we have to be content in those seasons. So, like, in, let's let's break it down to nature, Russ. Okay, I when it's summertime, I'm content with summertime, even though I desire for it to be fall. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. I wear my shorts. I deal with it. I go do summary things because that's the time for me to do it. Mm-hmm. That is me being content with the season. Mm. Okay? To enjoy the I'm stage en- that you're at. I'm enjoying that stage. I don't want it all year. Mm-hmm. I, w- I don't even know if I'd want fall all year. And I love fall because mm-hmm. I want winter because I want to be content with that season. Mm-hmm. Be content with the next season because I know that God blesses me with those seasons in different ways. So, in the same way, God would bless us with different seasons of our lives to be content in those seasons, to teach us different things so he can do different things in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So those yeah. are my two cents. And I, I just, I want to add um, a little biblical element. Well, yeah, we probably uh, should add that. <clears throat> just the idea of living for the moment, like living for the moment with a view to eternity, obviously, like you want to have the eternal perspective, but the eternal perspective is that you could die tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in Jesus, Jesus even says that, I think, um, he says, I'm, I'm trying to think maybe we can do a quick, uh, search here. Um, I know what you're talking this, about the reference, but he basically, uh, I forget if it's in a parable or whatever, where these people or a person is storing up these things because they want, uh, because they're like planning for the future. 
And, and uh, it's either Jesus or someone in the parable says, like, you fool, don't you realize that tomorrow your life will be taken from you? Um, trying to find that. And, uh, or, yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Like, don't you, don't you recognize that, like, tomorrow, like, your life is going to be demanded of you. Like, you're going to die. And so what is the point, you know? What is the point? Like, live, live for today. Enjoy today. Uh, because tomorrow is not guaranteed, um, and so that's what we're that's what we're called to do. As long as we, you know, as Christians, we know that we have eternity, um, but we also know that God has given us life now, and He's given us a purpose for right now and a reason to be here for right now, and we have to glorify God in the time that we're here and in the moment in the moments that we have. Yeah, and so that has again going back to worship. That's how we can worship God is in the here and now, you know, let's worship, let's worship God right now with what we have. Yeah, exactly. Find the reference. Yeah. Uh, James 414. Why do you not even know why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Is that what you're talking about? No. Oh, JK. Wrong. No, that's, I mean, that's, (laughs) um, let's see, let's see what else we got. So is it that, Jesus? I mean that Yes, it's Luke 12 20. Oh. This is what I'm this is what I'm talking about. We had two different things um, in our head. <laughs> um let's see if I can get the the whole passage. Yeah. Alright, so here we go. So um it's the parable of the rich fool. And we'll start in verse, this is Luke 12, start in verse 13. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother, this is, they're talking to Jesus. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable. So it was a parable. Uh, He says, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. So again, this guy is like, he's what? Preparing for the future. You know, thinking of the next step. What's next? Uh, Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Ooh, dude, that's some stuff to reflect on. Yeah, man. Jesus knows what's up, right? Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's honestly like, we really don't know. Yeah. You know, like we, we don't know. And sometimes we we act like we, we think we do and like we think we have all of these years ahead of us when when tomorrow we get an accident and exactly we're gone. and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be wise, you know, in um in yeah, don't pre- lose your whole in paycheck pre- in, one in day. preparing things. But I'm saying that we shouldn't uh we shouldn't waste today in the hope of tomorrow. And that's that's really the point. Yeah, absolutely. Um Russ, we didn't even mention the the guy that wrote the article. Uh, so today's article came, um, came from light workers and it was by Luke, uh, Lazon Lazon. I don't know how you're going to say his name. So uh, I had this trouble from since episode one with Reed, Luke Reed's name, L. Luke L and notice I'm not saying Reed's last name. Um, <laughs> so, uh, cause I know I'm going to get it wrong. I, cause I'm try so, it. nope, try nope, it nope, 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 please. Alive. <laughs> uh, nope. Dang it! See, this is why I don't try, Russ. It's all right. I'm not even going to correct it because it's anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Reed. <laughs> anyway, so this article was why you shouldn't be addicted to what's next in life, and that was on Lightworkers. Everybody, check out. I got to give a little plug to Lightworkers Go for it. just because I I technically write for them. Uh, everyone, check out Lightworkers. Um, they just launched their their site. It's officially live for everyone. 
And I really, like, this past week I've been thinking about it um, because Roma Downey, who's, like, in charge of it, she kind of made her rounds on media and on television and stuff, really trying to promote the site. Like, she she was on some um, talk shows and different things. And I was just listening to it, and I really do appreciate this, the whole idea of, like, there's so much so much bad stuff in the news that, like, you really do just need kind of an escape sometimes to, like, yeah. go and, like... Go to a place where you can hear about the good things yeah. in the world. Yeah. And uh, honestly, that's what light workers tries to do. They try to bring light to the world and to show um, the good things that people are doing. Yeah. Uh, and so I really do just encourage people just, you know, check it out. There's good stuff there. Entertainment, lifestyle, faith, family. Um, All sorts of things. Good there things. is even a thing about your Christianity on there. Yeah. So you never know what you're going to find on there. But, yeah. uh, and I like to think that's what we do, too. Like We like yeah. to treat, keep things light and fun and Absolutely. funny. Absolutely. Yeah. A positive, positive Positivity take. vibes, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what I'm like. <laughs> no, but seriously, go check out Lightworkers. Uh, it's, a really, it's a really fun site, you know, and, I, and I've been in that place, too, lately, Russ. You know, there's so much bad stuff that... Lately on my drives home, drive home from work, you know, I'll be listening to comedy mm. or something light, you mm-hmm. know, not so heavy. Yeah. Because I used to listen to podcasts and I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to learn anything right now. Yeah. I just kind of need a, a break. Yeah. Except you all can yeah, listen to our podcast because we're hilarious. Yep. Anyway. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, so we're going to see you next week. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at... Uh, ascend underscore thoughts. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Ascending Thoughts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Ascending Thoughts channel or Chanel, whatever, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Um, and also check out Men of Means. There, there are bros. You know, I we need to we need to get Tony and or Danny and Freddie, Tony and Aaron. Whatever. We're going to keep you guessing who they are. Uh, get them back on the podcast sometime soon. Uh, catch up with them and do uh, do a joint podcast with them. Um, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, so check out the Men of Means. Uh, they're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever. I don't, they're, they're at a lot of places. They're at least on SoundCloud. <laughs> anyway, find us at our home on the web at ascendingthoughtsblog.wordpress.com. Uh, as always, you can you can hit us up on our email at ascendingthoughts1 at gmail.com. If you have any video questions or suggestions for videos or thoughts about something that you could add to our video collections, so hit us up at ascendingthoughtsvideo at gmail.com. Um, and on this magnanimous episode today, have you heard the word? Russ? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace, y'all.